Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. All right, all right, all right. Hey, this is the WCHL Podcast. I am the Commissioner Christopher Perry, and lucky for all of you listeners out there, Andrew Majorkirth is not here, but instead we have a very special guest, and uh, hopefully we'll have her around for uh, some more times throughout the season. All the way from scenic Utah, it's Anita Suchia. Anita, can you hear me? I can. Wow. Excellent job pronouncing my name. Now tell me about I'm that. That's really not exactly impressed. a native to Utah type of a name. Is no, it? it's uh, it's actually Japanese. Yeah. Um, so both my parents uh, were Japanese. And so I'm uh, born in California, but full-blooded Japanese. And actually Tsuchi is not a super common name, even in Japan. Really? So yeah, there's a lot of tsuchi-es that end end in an e, but not so many that end in a y-a. But it's, huh. you know, you'll find it. There's like an old time movie actor, pretty famous movie actor. He used to do a lot of the samurai movies for Akira Kurosawa. His last name was Tsuchiya. Wow. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't think we're related. But, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you can claim it at least. That would be that would kind of be. <laughs> right. I could do the I could do the Kevin Bacon thing and just claim it. Who's gonna know? They're gonna have to they're gonna have to go to Japan and look it all up. Oh, and who's gonna wa- who's gonna want to challenge you? Right? Come on, I'd want to <laughs> challenge a samurai. I don't want to challenge a relative of a samurai. <laughs> well, good because according to my mom, we come from a long line of samurai all the way back to like the warring states period. So don't mess with us. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, Anita, thanks for sitting in for, for Andrew here on this edition of the WCHL podcast. Uh, For our longtime listeners, we only have 11 listeners, uh, uh, Anita. So um, one of them is is you and we, so we might actually have 12. Uh, Most of them are in Springfield, Missouri, which is great. So, uh, tread lightly if you're if we're going to talk you know smack about missouri state because they'll find us and there was some podcast uh guest that he's not invited back to springfield ever again uh because he oh dear yeah i know he he kind of went hard and heavy on him and they 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 did not appreciate it so we only have 11 listeners so feel free to uh say whatever it is you want nobody listens to this thing anyways so anita Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you listen to the podcast. You interact with, uh, in terms of some great questions throughout the throughout the season, especially last year. But I also know that you do some broadcasting and some. Uh, you help out the University of Utah hockey. So I'm going to be quiet. Tell the folks, tell the masses what it is that Anita Suchia does for Utah hockey. Sure. Well, so I actually just started uh, doing play-by-play and color for University of Utah hockey last year. So AJ uh, contacted me, and they've got uh, a young man there who's my senior senior partner. He's an awesome and gracious and wonderful guy to work with, Patrick McGann. And uh, AJ realized that because they were expanding the program to three teams, that and because, you know, try and save money, we would try and play either two or three teams in one night that's a lot of games to do by yourself. And you know that, right? Doing, doing any broadcast by yourself is, is a lot of work and just having a, a second person to kind of, you know, 
spell you a little bit and bat things back and forth and, you know, take shifts and stuff really helps. So yep. came aboard last season. Um, and I typically do the play-by-play for the women D1 and the men's D2. And then Patrick handles the men's D1. So I, I already told you when, when you asked me about, you know, the my thoughts for the preseason poll and nationals. Is, okay, well, I'm just going to throw some names out there because I actually <laughs> know more about the women's team and the men's D2 team. Not to mention uh, our men's one hasn't played yet, so I haven't even actually seen them. Well, let, let, let's talk about that. Men's two, I know, have played. And the men's two program at Utah, they play in the Pac-8. Is that correct? Correct. So it's ACHA D2 Western Region. Yep. They play in the Pac-8. Um, and it's a, it's been an interesting difference between last year and this year. Last year was kind of the first year of the reboot because remember utah hockey originally started as a d2 a men's d2 team then they graduated to men's d1 played as an independent for i think one or two seasons before they joined the wchl then utah hockey decided to add you know to reboot its d2 team well last year it was uh it was a real mixed bag they had they they didn't have a lot of depth in a lot of the positions and they had some standouts in a few spots, but not enough across the board. And this year, uh, not only have they been pretty successful, I think, in recruiting some new talent, some of the men's D1 players who were D1 players last year didn't make the cut this year. So they're now in D2, which oh, adds wow. some terrific maturity. Our team captain is Antonio Nahara, terrific team captain, terrific leader. He brings the maturity, plus he's played the D1 level for two years he's also uh a mexico native and he's played for the international uh team of mexico so so he brings a lot to the table and so it's like a whole different team it's really fun to watch him because it's a whole different team and like i said they've recruited some huge talent there's this kid who's now playing in goal his name is michael biller He's from Minnesota, and I uh, AG tells me that he played in the Minnesota State Championships, and this kid is a blast to watch. Really? It makes me really excited to think about how good our goalies are going to be at the D1 level because, you know, last year we had uh, Landon Anderson, who's a good goalie, but that's kind of all we had because of injuries. Right. And so we actually ended up grabbing our starting D2 goalie, Patrick O'Donnell, dragged him up to D1 and said, here, just sit there in case we need you and somebody gets hurt, but you're probably not going to have to play. And then sure enough, against Arizona, Landon got thrown out of the game for face-washing somebody. And uh, <laughs> Patrick had just to suddenly sit in there and face Arizona, which was really exciting. Yeah. Um, so so I'm seeing some, some terrific depth now at D2. And like I said, the other thing that's exciting is seeing the level of play elevated for D2 makes me pretty excited for how how good I think D1 is going to be well, when, you, they I, come around, when I finally get to watch them. I know that Utah surprised an awful lot of people last year um, with their level of play at the Division yes. One level, and they they came out with a with a statement win against the University of Arizona in their very first game uh, yes. of the season. And that and, was at home. That yeah. was an exciting weekend. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask this, and, and I, then I want to ask a question about the women, but Pack 8 really quick. There's more than eight um, teams in the Pack 8, correct? There are, but yeah. again, you know, it kind of, it's afflicted with the same problem you see with the D2 men's across the country, which is just uneven level of competition, right? We don't have a lot of parity. It's not like the WCHL, where it's a really 
you know, strong conference and, you know, anyone from top to bottom, even like the number nine guy could, you know, beat the number one guy on any on a good day. Uh, it's it's really all over the place. We have a lot of teams who can barely like, you know, feel like two full lines. Right. Yeah. Um, so and, you know, and of course, with the D2 men's, unless they have maybe a D1 team for some support, funding is always going to be an issue. Right. I think Utah hockey is blessed with AJ because he's done such a good job at finding funding and making sure that the support kind of gets, you know, like we're, we're actually all teammates. And so that support gets, you know, spread across the teams. Right. The wealth of the D1 men's gets shared with the D1 women's and the men's, too, because that's how all the teams can thrive. I feel for some of these, you know, D2 teams that are just kind of on their own. Uh, in the pack eight, let me look up who's in the pack eight. I actually pulled it up. I told you I was going to do my homework. So Uh-oh. Pull it. who's in the, in the pack eight. I threw you a curveball in the pack eight. I just, I was going to, uh, I, the only reason I asked the question is because I know their commissioner and he's kind of a goofball for the, uh, for the pack eight. Who and so, the uh, eight? Some, some clown guy out of St. Louis, out, out of Salt Lake city. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I forget. I yeah, that guy. Um, he used we, to be a goalie. That explains a lot. Yeah, from Minnesota. Um, he, I, I give him a hard time. AJ Boldman is, he wears many, well, many, many problem, hats. Yeah, I think the problem for him is just, you know, AJ's got his hands pretty full. Yeah. Um, so I'm seeing 15 teams in the pack eight. Isn't that insane? More than I expected. But, but like I said, you know, we're talking about teams like San Jose State, Washington, who are pretty good. They're pretty competitive. Uh, on the other hand, I'm not sure Boise State or even uh, UC San Diego in, at the D2 level, I'm not sure how competitive they are, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the, the thing is, and I'm kind of looking at last year's final rankings, and you've got, thing, you've got the number one team ended up being UCLA. They had 17 wins and two losses. And then you go down to four Boise State, UCSD, I'm sorry, UC. UC, yeah, UCSD. UCSD had five wins and thirteen losses. Oof. State had no wins and thirteen Oof. losses. And then poor Stanford got hit by the COVID bug. They only managed to play eight games the whole season, <laughs> and they won one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I like to give AJ a hard time about the Pack Eight and. Uh, that it has yeah. more than eight, and it's you know it's it's got more than just the uh, the pack eight teams, the traditional pack twelve or pack ten teams, uh, because of uh, I know they recently expanded. So I like to give them a hard time about that. That's why I asked about well, uh, they're shrinking because two of them have now decided they're going to go to the big eight, right? Yeah, <laughs> two of them have fled. Is that what? Which teams? What's that? Oregon left in. Uh, I want to say one of the Southern California teams, San Diego said, State, yeah. I think, has left. Yeah, we're going. Yeah. We're going to like either the Big Ten or I don't think they're going to the SEC. Anyway, they've fled the back the Pac-12. Oh, oh, oh! You're talking, yeah, in football, yeah, USC and UCLA. There we go. I, I thought you were yeah, talking yeah, still yeah. ACHA hockey. Hey, yeah, sorry, but, I'm not talking hockey. No, no, no. Again, that's that's fine. I, I'm a Jack, a Jill of all trades. I'm kind of a mercenary, so I'm, I'm <laughs> always looking at lots of other teams during my season. Well, tell, tell me tell me a little bit about Utah women's hockey. I know they play in a conference that is conveniently called the Women's Western Collegiate Hockey League. I wonder where they came up with right. that name. 
Yeah, I, I don't know, but it's it's one of those you know mouthfuls where you get to say the WWCHL. Yeah, trying to, to triple every sale. So the women's team, I haven't seen them play. Um, I can tell you that last year they they kind of suffered the same problem as our men's D two is they just lacked depth. They had some real standout talents, um, but they didn't have enough of it all the way across. And we you know, literally had gals playing like double shifts, or you know an extra shift, like not getting an extra rest um they finished in 20th place at the end of the at the end of the season and that is in their western division out of 29 so not not great um they also had some uh problems with early road games uh due to either covid or covid related travel problems um (laughs) they had one trip to the east coast which is non-conference they were just gonna go play like i think it was amherst and uh, another uh, another uh, New England team, and Southwest Airlines managed to lose their equipment bag. Oh no! Oh so, no! So they land and they're waiting for their equipment, their sticks, their pads, their gear. Nothing. So bless his heart, uh, a local sporting goods store found out what was going on. It opened his store after hours, sold them everything at cost, <laughs> so that they could play. Oh my gosh! It was it was like what? Yeah, that's insane. And I don't know. I don't know if that equipment bag ever showed up again. I don't actually. I haven't actually heard that they ever were able to retrieve it. But yeah, they they posted a much nicer than I would have tweet about how unhappy they were with Southwest Airlines, and then they posted another tweet about how thrilled they were and grateful they were for this this sporting uh, sporting goods store. Wow, that's just so that crazy. Was, and that was their year last year. So then uh, during the recruiting, you know, we have a an open recruiting weekend in, in uh, early April where all the men and all the women converge. And I know that head coach Bregno was really happy at some of the gals she was looking at. And I know she signed some of the ones she wanted. Right. So I, again, am pretty excited about, uh, you know, the, the possibility for the women's team. I haven't, again, gotten a chance to see them play. I haven't had a chance to talk to head coach Braden, but just kind of based on what I got to see with the D2 men, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited. because I'm biased. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, good. Good. But, uh, but I would like to see them. I would like to see the women finish in um, the top 10 this year in the Western region. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. You know, yeah. bump, jump up and have the difference. So right there in that top 10 would be Arizona State finished at 10, Maryville's women's team finished at 10, that uh, University of Massachusetts Amherst, the team that we played early in the season, they finished at 7th, right? So there's some, there would be some good teams there. Yeah, and there's some good women's hockey I know in the West because ASU, as you say, uh, plays. I know Grand Canyon has a team. Colorado, Colorado they State have, both yeah, have they teams. winning the postseason tournament. Oh, okay. The end of the season WWCHL championship tournament. They, uh, Colorado had earned the auto bid, uh, from the WWCHL, uh, but ASU, oh, wait, wait, do I have that backward? No, I take that back. ASU did not, where am I? I'm going to have to hear, let me look at my notes because I'm, I'm probably telling you a lie. That's okay. This is the WCHL I warned, podcast. I, I know. I think I've warned you, right? In the head, out the mouth. That's Anita. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, so I am wrong. Colorado won the postseason tournament, which was uh, held down there in Oceanside, I believe. Okay. So they got the they got the bid to go to ACHA. Uh, Arizona State 
ended up finishing, I think, uh, as a runner up. Oh, okay. But anyway, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of thing. So yeah, if we could we could once in a while just you know reminisce about WCHA W one and I'm sorry ACHA W one and ACHA M two. That would make me feel a little bit less confused. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, I, I, the reason I brought I brought up the uh, the women's Western Collegiate Hockey League is is this. I'm grateful that they did not steal our WCHL logo and just put an extra W in front of it <laughs> because there's a certain conference in the Midwest that did oh. exactly that. Um, my B conference, the Midwest College Hockey, MCH, um, well, those, those, those rats, they took my... You're an attorney. Can't you do something about that? Uh, I, I've, I've, I've thought about sending them a bill. Um <laughs> Because I had two logos developed for for the MCH and the boys. Well, when I had a vote, uh, when we when we were before we even got going, we voted on which of the two logos we wanted to use, and we chose the one we're using, which kind of looks like a shield. It's very blasé. It's just blah. Um, but it but it works, right? It works for hockey purposes. It looks good on a sticker. It looks good on a banner. It's right, just right. It, it doesn't get lost. It's not so complicated that it gets lost when you have like yeah, you know, not the not the most expensive printing printing you're not, process. You're not going to hang it hang it in a museum or anything, but it serves a purpose. Well, the backup right. one, it was kind of little arty, a uh, little flair to it, and um, it, it incorporated a hockey stick, and it looked very nice. And the next thing I know. The women, the MWMCH, end up taking that logo and literally putting a W in front of it. And I'm like, wait a second. Wow. Sneaky Pete's. So I think I know uh, I think I know where that happened, how that happened. And yeah, I, I always so I'm always grateful to the WWCHL for not uh, ripping off the WCHL like other women's conferences are done, so those who shall not be named yeah even though we just named them uh, oh, the, yeah. yeah whoops whoops well, all right well as we, as we were talking about earlier who cared nobody listens we can say what we want here so that's fun well you know and i'm curious like do we have a commissioner for, does the wwhl have a commissioner the women's western hockey i western think I, th- hockey? I think they do i think they do i think it's the arizona state head coach i think Lindsay okay, ellis is the commissioner down there because I think, you know, kind of like the pack aid, right? I mean, it's just people who already have a lot on their plate. Mm-hmm. And so when you go to their website, to the WWCHL website, not a lot going on, right? Yeah. You know, you, there's just more, there's more information available at the ACHA website. There you go. Yeah, don't go to the WCHL website because there's not a lot going on there either. I'm still waiting for... Uh... <laughs> Some an update or two from uh, from some folks from a Pack Eight commissioner, or I think, you know, I think you mentioned that in your last podcast that there's, there were some people from Utah who are very IT savvy, <laughs> like they actually do that all the time professionally. We're going to help you with your website, and yeah. it didn't happen. Well, not it yet. I'm sure it will. Happen. I'm sure it will. I'm I'm sure it will. they they've got they need to get their season going. So uh, let's let's get the season going, and then we can uh, revisit our terrible website. Well, Anita, hey, let's let's do this really quick. Um, let's we have a couple of quick uh, updates, and then I want to get another story from you because I've I've, I've you you've teased uh, something that I definitely want to get into. <laughs> uh, but before we get going over this past week, um, if you listen to last week's podcast, 
Um, I did. I told folks that nationals that's kind of up in for 2024. It's kind of up in the air between uh, three or four towns, uh, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Anaheim, and St. Louis. Right. And I think now we kind of have, uh, there's a leader in the clubhouse. It, it's not set in stone just yet, but I don't think we're going to Anaheim. I don't think we're going to Tampa. I, Which actually was kind of on the bottom of the list in terms of where you'd like to go. Right? Yeah, my, my two choices were either Pittsburgh or St. Louis. And, uh, you know, I've heard nothing but wonderful things about the St. Louis venue from people who have been there. Well, Anita, you know, in 2024, you might get a chance to go there again. So that's, uh, it hasn't happened yet, but I would just, uh, if you're making your travel plans for two years out, um, I think we might be going back to St. Louis and it's my understanding. Um, again, I don't, don't think I'm speaking out of school or anything. If we go back to St. Louis, they're hosting the NCAA hockey regionals. Um, and so we'll have to go probably earlier in March. Uh, so we don't conflict with their NCAA hockey, um, which I don't, I don't see that as a problem. So instead of being at the end of spring break, we'll go the, at the beginning of spring break. So, uh, that works for me, but I would think that's our, for, for my purposes as the stupid commissioner of the Western collegiate hockey league, I'm (laughs) kind of banking on St. Louis's that's, that's how I'm reading the tea leaves. And the social media guy during nationals, correct? (laughs) <laughs> that guy he was a idiot i'm telling you what what a dummy that guy was see i do listen <laughs> be careful i do listen. yeah I, yeah I, I i deny i deny everything um Wonderful deniability can mm, you prove t- that was cjp that was that was posting the, the social media post. You yeah. can't, can you? Did you trace his IP address? Unless, yeah, there's no tracking, no tracing going on. Um, I deny everything, no, as you said, plausible <laughs> deniability. Um, I demand strict proof, photos preferably. Um, but uh, yeah, what a mistake that was by the ACHA, huh? So, geez, in in the in, know. in the great thing is, I think they're getting ready to do it again. So, oh, woohoo! <laughs> I'll have to get my well, little you know, you, gif meter. Is it a gif or is it a gif? Oh gosh, I don't know. Come on, you're the te- you're the technical I wizard am. here. Is it a, a? I am. I call it a I, gif. I, I, I call it a, I call it a gif, but I yeah. have a feeling I'm in the minority. No, I think you're actually in the majority. I've been told by my very um, tech savvy children, and tech savvy only because I, they have the technology that I pay for, um, and they tell me that it's gif. <laughs> Um, and not a GIF, but whatever. And I say that because that way I don't, I can't, it can't possibly be confused with JPEG, right? Because it doesn't sound like a JSON. <laughs> I, I don't want to get it confused with GIF peanut butter. That's how old I am. So, <laughs> hey, uh, Kirk Handy is the head coach at Liberty University, and Kirk is a, a great guy. He's been, not only is he the head coach for Liberty D1, um, he's also the director of club sports out there at Liberty, and so he oversees all sorts of things. Liberty has a, a huge number of club sports. They they have like synchronized skating and ultimate frisbee and skiing. I mean, they have so many club sports, it's insane. Uh, but he recently won a game. They opened their season over the weekend. They beat the Air 11 heck out of uh, West Virginia by a score of 12 to 1. And, I saw that. And that was Liberty's, that was Kurt, Coach Handy's 500th career win. 
So congratulations to Coach Handy. He doesn't listen to this podcast because he's smart and he has better things to do. Um, and he's also very busy running a whole bunch of club sports out there in uh, Virginia. Rural. Have you ever been to Liberty, Lynchburg, Virginia, Anita? I have not, although I have watched Liberty Hockey I think it's their NCAA team on uh, ESPN Plus. No, 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 they don't have an NCAA team. You watch the big team. No, no, I've seen seen Liberty's uh, uh, arena in West Virginia. It's it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. It's in Lynchburg, Virginia. Yo, they pack it out. In fact, this weekend, I believe they're playing. They like to play games at midnight because it's crazy. Um, Oh man, we had a midnight game at UNLV one. Yeah. One weekend last year. Oh gosh, that's just miserable. I, I, because uh, like you, we're we're an hour later. Yeah. Than Nevada. So a midnight game starts at one in the morning. Oh, us. I was I was I was wow. two hours later. Um, yeah, you're two hours. Later. Yeah. Even worse. Well, <laughs> the, if there's one thing they do well at Liberty, it's they put on a great broadcast. Um, you know, they they have they're used to it since they have to do it every Sunday, uh, for their uh, church oh, services. That's right. So they're, they're, yeah, they're well-versed in putting on broadcast and taking in cash. And, um, so, uh, Hey, congratulations to Kirk and his 500th win. He'll never hear this podcast, but, uh, when we see him live and in person, it will, uh, we'll we'll tell him. And I have, because I listen to the podcast, I have a musical clip to play in honor of his 500th win. Oh boy. Let's hear this one. I hope we can hear it. You ready? Fingers crossed. Why is it not playing? Uh-oh. Well, hey, you know what? Technology. Yep, technology. Uh-oh. Darn, I thought I had it all queued up and everything. Oh, it's the same one I use when I announce uh, soccer for the community. <laughs> well, we would call that one a technology fail. So I, I will take the fa- I will take the, 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 the blame for that one, Anita. Here, this pretend, <laughs> pretend I did it. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kirk. Um, we'll, we'll we'll find another way to get some uh, to get some sound going on there. All right, and then uh, yeah, the only other update is our podcast is still still terrible. Uh, even though we have a great guest on here, it's still terrible. Hey, Anita, last uh, last week the preseason ACHA poll came out. Six WCHL teams were in the top twenty. Uh, uh, seven, if you count Grand Canyon, at twenty six. So seven are in the top twenty six. Any uh, major thoughts or any? Um, Anything stand out to you? Your Utah Utes are number 19, which is uh, not too shabby. Not too shabby. I think that's going to change as soon as we play some games. I noticed, I was thinking that about Missouri State and Utah, that they just need to play some games. And I think they're going to, things are going to change rather quickly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and I think you talked about that in the, the, or I may have even asked uh, at the end of the season last year, what is it that kept Utah from just, Barely being you know, like we were barely trying to squeak into the nationals, and we missed by a couple of probably just one or two rankings. And it was strength of schedule, right? It was so, that that in losing games, right? I mean, they lost some. Yeah, they, they, they ran out of gas at the end of the season. They did. They lost to uh, Colorado State. Say Colorado State. Yep. Yeah. That weekend they should have swept, and they and they didn't. So well, and that was the game. That was the game that went to like how many overtimes or something? In the in the <laughs> week in the week before when Oklahoma came up there, 
um, instead they split with Oklahoma as opposed to sweeping Oklahoma. So, Oklahoma. you know, the, the, win, winning cures everything. So, yes, uh, and, and speaking to Patrick, he feels like we've definitely filled some of those holes that we had last year. And so that he feels he sees us not because that's the reason we ran out of gas as well. Right. We just don't have the depth. You got players getting hurt because they're just playing extra extra shifts and trying to make up for, you know, missing, you know, spots that we can't fill with two or three layers of uh, two or three lines. Yep. So uh, he feels like we've we've addressed those those holes. So I think, yeah, teams like in Arizona again, I don't know. I think maybe Arizona has played one game anyway. I kind of expect to see them jump up the list pretty quickly as soon as they get some games in. Because right now, part of the problem is, right, half the teams in the top 20 haven't really played but one game. Well, yeah. And when this poll came out, when this poll came out, no, none of the teams had played a game. I mean, it's all, it's all a just popularity contest. Yeah. Like, how do you actually decide that when nobody's playing games? I mean, you're not telling me that these, these people who are like voting on polls are actually looking at the recruitment announcements to say, Oh, look, they, they got this kid from D one. He was like, (laughs) you know, he was like an all-star for the D two NCAA team. And like he transferred, he committed. Nobody's doing that. No, no, there's, there's, we got to remember who's doing a lot of, who's doing a lot of the voting here. It's uh, hockey coaches and, um, you know, hockey coaches, they, they do know who other teams are recruiting. There's no doubt. Um, but in terms of voting, um, they're, they're, especially for something this silly um, at the beginning of the year, where they're not handing out any awards in September or October, uh, they just you know put the minimal effort into it as it as it should be. Some of them probably didn't even vote. I mean, only 22 out of the 70 teams voted. So uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the real rankings are the computer rankings. So I don't uh, I don't put a lot of weight into this. This is it, it's fun. It gi- it gives you a number uh, in front of your team name, but uh, in terms of substance, does it mean anything? Nah, not yet. Not yet. I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and it's it's funny to watch people get really excited and heated over like where they think the ranking should be. Because at this, you know, these these preseason rankings, it's literally just like you said, a popularity poll. It's everybody's opinion. Yeah, yeah. And it's based on on what you've done, uh, not this year or what they think you'll do this year. It's based on what you've done, your reputation over the past few years. So right. it's kind of crazy. Hey, we also had the WCHL coaches poll that came out. It's almost kind of similar to the uh, ACHA big ranking. Uh, Central Oklahoma came in first. I mean, Utah was yeah. number six. Any thoughts from you there, Anita? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the first four look about what I expected. And I think then when we get to like five through ten, I think, again, those are going to get jumbled around pretty quickly once we get into some games. I think uh, I'm biased, but I think Utah probably could have flipped with, Arizona or Arizona State, um, but you know I'm not. That's not a hard, a hard opinion. Yeah. You know, again, it, it's early, um, it's and and it, you know, we and I talked about this before we push the record button. We've got a lot of parity across the WCHL. I mean, this is a pretty strong conference. Even the number ten Oklahoma, they could on a good day beat a Missouri State or beat an Arizona. No doubt. No, no doubt. That's, that's why I'm biased. I like the conference. Um, and yeah, you gotta, you gotta bring your best every weekend. There's no laydowns in the, uh, in the WCHL. 
And I, and I think I'm going to sound like I'm buttering you up, but I think you've done a good job in making it hard to get in, hard to join. Because <laughs> just having more, just having more team, all it does is water down the, all mm. it does is water down, not just water down the talent, it waters down the resources available for the teams that are in the conference, and there that's important. There you go. Yeah, limited resources, especially here in the yep. ECHA. So yep. uh, everybody's hey. like working five and a half jobs as yeah. it is, so and, we don't need to make that harder for anybody and we're trying to pinch as many pennies as we possibly can so uh, i totally get it hey let's uh let me play a real let's take a really quick uh break play a horn and a stupid uh clip or something and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the weeks the week that was and we'll get anita's predictions on the week the game's coming up sound good sounds good to me here we go see you soon hey sam come here a sec Coach, I'm, I'm sorry. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. Yeah? Here's a guy, when he eats a lot, he takes a big dump later. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. All right, let's do that hockey. All right, Anita, we had some games. Oh, you know, everyone's trying to kind of trickling in in terms of playing. Um, Utah hasn't played yet. Arizona hasn't played yet. Arizona State just got going. Um, UNLV hasn't played yet. But uh, over the past weekend, we had some teams that uh, dipped their toes into the water. Colorado went all the way out to the beach in San Diego to take on the, uh, the one of the latest newcoming teams to ACHA Division One. Colorado was, went to play San Diego State at the Ray Kroc Arena. I think it's the Ray Kroc. <laughs> Can you believe that? The Ray Kroc Arena. The McDonald's, the house that McDonald's built. How crazy is that? The Kroc Center. I don't, I, do you think it's? Do you think they serve like uh, like? I mean, this is going to sound juvenile, but but do you, you know, do they have like free nuggets if you score ten goals or six goals or something like that? Oh right, I, I mean, don't know. When I was I know. when I was growing up, if if there was a promotion here at the local hockey team where Wendy's, if you if they spelled if the team scored six goals to spell Wendy's, you could bring your ticket and go get a free burger the next day. And I'm just wondering if they do that with with McDonald's, McD, do you do a croc? Or, or they might do something similar. Like if they win a home game, you can take your ticket in and use it as a coupon to get like, you know, BOGO, buy one, get one. There you go. There you go. A lot, a lot of minor league teams do that kind of a thing where if we win, bring your ticket in. Because usually it's it's a discount at one of the sponsors has already paid for some sponsorship yeah. visibility. Well, I like, I just, th- th- with the Croc Center, you got to figure there's got to be an affiliation with McDonald's in there somehow. It's gotta a, be. a free it's vanilla be. shake or something like Maybe that. Maybe Ronald McDonald shows up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think San Diego State was hoping Ronald McDonald was going to show up, but instead it was the Colorado Buffaloes. And Colorado uh, welcomed them to the ACHA by taking two games from them. Colorado won on Friday night, three to one. And the next night, it was a scoring, a goaltending optional game, apparently, because Colorado won that game nine to six. Holy I smokes. Know. Looking at that, what had happened? The goalie just decided to lay down and. I think, Anita, that both of these games, both these games got going at eight o'clock Pacific time. 
which for this dummy in the central time zone was way too late. That means a 10 o'clock start. <laughs> and by the time the game's over, it's, you know, 12, 31 o'clock in the morning. So I'm going to say those kids were pretty tired and were ready to go home and, you know, didn't. So the, you know what else? what's that? You know, what else might've happened is that the first game after they got done, we're in San Diego. Let's go to the beach. I'm telling you what. Sit out all night. Sit out all night. That's that's what I, I mean. I, that's what I would do. I mean, I would <laughs> hate to play San Diego. If I'm San Diego, I would love it. But I would hate to go to San Diego State uh, because I would be on the beach the whole time, and my legs would just be absolute rubber the whole time. Because I'd be out in the sun. I'd be in the ocean. I wouldn't be thinking hockey. Exactly. That's what I think happened. They just like after the first game, they say, "Hey, man, let's go to the beach." The crazy thing is, um, on you know, it was a nice, tight three to one game. Uh, Colorado jumped out and got a uh, a two to nothing lead in the second period, and uh, San Diego State made it close, getting a goal in the third, and then uh, Colorado salted it away with a goal late in the uh, in, in the third period. The um, was San Diego State on M two? They were. They were an M2. And they're independent, right? They're an independent right now. They wanted to join the Western League, and we said, nay, nay. Okay. nay we have too many right now. So right. Uh, we're good at 10. And then in the uh, on the Saturday game, yeah, scoring optional. Yeah, I think the, the thing that stood out to me, Anita, on the Saturday game was the Colorado Buffalo goaltender, who is his name is Liam O'Gwen, and he's a very, very good goaltender. But he achieved quite the... Uh, quite the milestone because he got thrown out of the game for a butt ending major and a disqualification. So halfway through the game, apparently he took, uh, he took umbrage to something that a San Diego state player said or did gave him the uh, business end of his stick of his goaltending oh, stick wow. and, uh, was asked to kindly leave the arena. So yeah, a goalie starts a fracas. That's an immediate ejection. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now to his to his credit, I mean, he had. Uh, let me look here. He had fourteen assists. I don't see how many goals uh, were scored against him. I think there were only three goals scored against him before he got booted. So the other three goals came against the the poor backup who was just thinking he was on vacation, sitting on the bench in San Diego. <laughs> Yeah, and then, burritos. Burritos. yeah, and then here Ethan James gets called. He gets the call from the uh, from the bullpen, and oh yeah, dear, yeah, oh, oh no, I need to wake up, buddy. So, uh, anyways, hey, CU wins both games. They get off to a, a great start. They're four and zero this season so far, um, and that's uh, that's a great start for Coach Taller and his uh, Buffs, and uh, that's 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 very good. It's good, and it's good yeah, against Maryville. Well, and it's good for uh, good for the WCHL to go take care of these newcomers to uh, the ACHA, welcome them, and then pound <laughs> them. So, hey, Amer- well, no, that we don't we don't just like let anyone come in and visit. There, there you go. It's, we, uh, what, what do they say? Um, um, membership has its privileges. <laughs> so, it's like the American Express card. The WCHL That's is like right. the American Express card. So, hey, uh, Maryville, the number nine team in the preseason poll, went came down to Edmond, Oklahoma, to take on Central Oklahoma over the weekend. And Central Oklahoma is the number one team in the preseason poll. Again, 
doesn't mean much, but it just puts a target on everybody's back. There are no scores available uh, online because the uh, uh, one of those two teams, their roster is not uh, in the system just yet. Hopefully that'll get taken care of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but Maryville won the game Friday night, 2-1. to one, And on Saturday, uh, again, scoring option, uh, defense optional apparently. Um, UCO won the game 6-5. to five. And Anita, the, I was at the Saturday game. And UCO jumped out to a two to nothing lead. Maryville, to their credit, tied the game up on some power play goals. And I think it's fair to say I've, I've I have the score sheets, uh, and they'll eventually go into the system once UCO's roster gets put in. But the uh, the the key I think for UCO right now is to uh, learn to settle the penalty box. They had thirty five penalty minutes on Saturday. Oh my god! Yeah, and they had uh, they had let's see here they had any major thirty five minutes. Uh yes yes they had they, they they had someone get tossed and then uh, on fr- on Friday they had ten penalties with one major as well so it was you know Maryville both Maryville won on Friday night scoring two goals both of them were power play goals and then on uh, Saturday night against UCO UCO was one for six on the power play but Maryville was three for eleven on the power play even oh, though they got out shot badly so. UCO, you know, it's a good wake-up call for UCO, but they're also going to need to stay out of the box if they're going to have uh, uh, some level of success. You can't give up 11 penalty kills, or you can't get away with just three three goals on 11 penalty kills all season. It's going to be seven. Yeah. (laughs) Seven goals on 11 penalty kills. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just... I'm sure... I'm sure they're... uh, What's that? Same goalie on both nights? No, 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 no. They trade. They traded off goaltenders. Um, in, in fact, uh, Maryville's goaltender. They had to yank the, the poor guy after he gave up the uh, first three goals. They brought in another goaltender. Um, and then, yeah, UCO's goaltender on Friday night was not the same guy from. Uh, that was Ben Kelch, who's their number one, and they mm-hmm. played Doug Wakelin on Saturday, who's their number one A. So, uh, yeah, different goaltenders, but, uh, yeah, they just need to stay out of the box and they'll, they'll figure it out. Coach Rivera won't let them, uh, won't let them be the idiots for uh, too much longer. He'll, he'll get their attention. <laughs> uh, imagine there's going to be some skating and not a whole lot of pucks on the ice for the first couple of, uh, practices after that weekend. So, uh, Colorado state opened their season. They hosted uh, division two Metro state out of the Denver region. They played a home and home. The first game was up in Fort Collins, uh, on Friday night. The second game was down in Westminster at the promenade ice arena. I like saying that the promenade ice arena. It sounds like oh, I no. got my pinkies up and I'm drinking hot tea. Sounds like figure skating. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go to the promenade Buffy, you know, please have Nigel bring the car around. You know, and yeah. this was a D2 team, Metro State? Where are they from? Uh, they Metro State is right there in the heart of Denver. Uh, they're a uh, kind of a community college that plays uh, right there. Okay. Um, wow. It, yeah, so it's uh, Colorado State pounded them 7 to nothing up in the fort and then uh, beat them down at, their, uh, at Metro State's rink 4-2 uh, to two on Saturday afternoon. So... Good, uh, good start for Camden Lambert and his CSU Rams, especially because last year one of the issues that CSU had was scoring. And, boy, they put in 11 goals and only allowed two. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Although I, I must say I'm kind of impressed that a D2 community college was able to score two goals. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, it was, it was Saturday afternoon, and again, I'm, I got a feeling Saturday games have to be tough, especially with so much going on. Um, right, you know, right, right, right. Kids want to get out and go home or do something else. But hey, speaking of tough, it was a tough day in Flagpole, Arizona, Flagstaff, America, for the men's Division Two, the Ice Jacks of Northern Arizona, because the big team from Arizona State the men's division one ACHA team came to town and just laid a whooping on those guys from uh Flagstaff at 12 to one Arizona state. Ouch. That's like four goals a period. Yeah. And in the nice thing for ASU, I've heard a lot of good things about like ASU. Every five minutes. In, in <laughs> Anita, they had 11, they scored 12 goals. Uh, they had 11 different goal scorers. It oh, was just, I mean, it was, it was just a field day, a balanced attack, a balanced attack. And so <laughs> ASU was able to, uh, you know, they were able to take out some frustration on poor little Northern Arizona and, uh, who scheduled that game? <laughs> well, those two teams, it wasn't, oh, okay. it wasn't the dumb commissioner. Um, it makes you, I, I get it if you're on the ASU side, because you want to have, you want to be able to flex your muscle and skate the rust off and you know, have somebody other than your own team to hit, right? Um, I suppose. But, is, but if, uh, they're, if, they're too, if they're too easy, you got to kind of wonder, though, how much rust you really get knocked off, right? Well, I, yeah. I, I'm much more of a – I'm kind of I'm – the, I'm the tough love broadcaster. I would rather see a development team, you know, or, you know, I mean, any team face some tough out-of-conference preseason opponents to get them ready for – or what's to come, as opposed to like the easier teams. I, well, I know there's some philosophies. No, well, yeah, there are. You're you're talking just what Central Oklahoma and Maryville did. They opened right. the season right. against one another. Right. Um, you know, it's it's you know different strokes for different folks. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're the if you're the Northern Arizona guys, they're like, hey, wait a second. When Arizona State calls us next year, you know, give them the. Uh, Give, give, send them directly to voicemail, why don't you? Yeah, right. Let's right. not pick. Let's not pick up that call. So. Be interesting to see the team manager is still with the team next year. <laughs> uh, You're the guy who scheduled us for their first game of the season against Arizona State. That's your fault. I'm telling. Yeah, really. It's like we're never again, buddy. Never again. Are you? <laughs> you are. You're fired from scheduling. Hey, the uh, so I got to give it up to to my buddy Andrew, who's usually on the podcast um, because he does some predictions, and he's you know he's usually been really awful about predicting, but he said that Colorado was going to sweep, and they did. He said Maryville and Central Oklahoma were going to split, and they did. He said CSU was going to sweep, and they did, and then he said ASU was just going to absolutely pound the ever loving heck out of NAU, and danged if they did. So Andrew went four for four. And uh, hey, good for him. All right. So uh, that's why he's not on the podcast now. Andrew's the stats guy. So does he like look at the numbers? Is that how he decides? Andrew's not a stats guy. He, 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 he's, he's, he thinks he's the stats guy. Don't, don't, Anita, don't, don't give him, you don't (laughs) want to give him a big head or anything. (laughs) Andrew's the stats guy when his, when his shoes and socks are off. Cause that means now he has double the number that he can count. You know, that's the only reason he has the stats guy. So. Well, I'm not a stats person. I'm probably the only only living person who loves baseball and doesn't like stats. 
Ah, well, there's there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, oh, I know, but it's like just baseball is always like famous for being such a you know like all the saber metrics guys, right? All the saber heads and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm yeah. just not a sports person. Well, tell, well let's, that's a nice little segue there because you told me earlier before we hopped on the call here, you said that you were recruited by the Billy Bean of club hockey. And if anybody has watched Moneyball, they know that Billy Bean and Sabermetrics, uh, they were the reason for the success of the Oakland A's years and years and years ago. So tell me how you were recruited by the Billy Bean of club hockey. Well, and, and we should we should note too that when I when I sent that in the email, you notice I asterisked it yeah. and said that a lot of people don't give Billy Bean enough credit for being an incredible recruiter and trader. That's what? just as important as the statistics he was following. He was a really good negotiator, no doubt, really good recruiter, and 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 a lot of people kind of overlook that because they're all excited about the 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 you know statistics. But anyway, yeah, so. So, yeah, so I call uh, AJ the Billy Bean of club hockey because he really is, you know, as the GM, he does the recruiting for the hockey teams, and he's really he's really good at it. Now, the head coaches do it as well. Yeah. But but uh, I think AJ is just really good at it. And, and of course, I'm, I'm patting myself on the back because he recruited me. So I've been a public, <laughs> <laughs> I've been a public address announcer for uh, since 2004, so a long time. I've done hundreds of games. At the college level, I've done sports for the community college, the four-year university, um, and then another D3. Uh, so I've done D1 NCAA, D3 NCAA, and then D1 community JUCO. Uh, and I have a little web page. Uh, I also got like a certification from one of the professional organizations, which sadly is now gone. Um Really? But anyway, yeah, well, it's it, it was a nonprofit, but very small and pretty much run by one guy for many, many years. And he decided to finally just spend more time with his grandkids and couldn't find anybody who wanted to buy the product from him. Okay. So he just, he just shut it down. And it was one of the few that was really organized enough where they'd have online certification courses, resources, uh, you know, a, a job and profile posting page. It was, it was actually pretty well done but it's gone but i went through the certification i've written some articles and things and so every season about twice a year i send out emails to all the local professional and collegiate athletic departments reminding them that hey you know i'm always looking for more gigs and i had actually specifically reached out to utah hockey because i thought it would be a blast to announce for utah hockey and then uh two summers ago i get an email from aj saying hey uh we're looking for some broadcasting help because we're expanding our broadcasting. Are you available for a Zoom call? And I thought, well, that's interesting. So I get on the Zoom call with AJ and Amy Frost, who's our other GM. Uh, she handles the women's and helps out with the D2 men and does a lot of other things. And uh, we start the call. And the first thing I said, so AJ, you realize I'm in a public address announcer, right? <laughs> and he says, yeah. And I said, and and are you aware that I have never broadcast a game in my life? He goes, well, are you willing to give it a shot? I said, well, are you willing to put up with my learning curve? He goes, sure. I said, okay, then let's do it. And uh, and I said, I do know the game of hockey. Uh, I played a little bit of no tech rec hockey, and I've just announced so many sports that after a while, you know what it's like. I mean, at the heart of it, a sporting event kind of has its 
you know, they're, they're pretty similar. There's the rhythm and how things go and everything. So, so I'm willing to do it. Yeah. So, you know, I did a little studying to make sure I understood the rules and, you know, looking up things like ref signals and stuff. And uh, so then I meet my broadcast partner, who is Patrick McGann, a young man who's actually a college student, but he's been doing hockey broadcasts since he was in high school. He's really good. He's also a wonderful partner, very gracious. You know, sometimes you get those partners, but they're either stepping all over each other or Patrick says, or the worst one is you look to your partner and they don't say anything. <laughs> it's just like dead air. Yeah, and, silence. And they'll even try to encourage them with little hands. They're like, go ahead, say something. And they just sit there and look at him. So um, anyway, so the first broadcast is, well, why don't you just let me dive in? I'll do the, so I typically do the men's two play-by-play and I do the women's D1 play-by-play and then Patrick will provide the cover. And then we switch for the D1 men's. He does the play-by-play for the D1 men, and I do the cover. And that way, if we have three games in one night, we're swapping back and forth, and nobody gets totally worn out and loses their voice. Uh-huh. So the first game is D2 men's, and of course, D2 men's versus well, why don't you just let me dive in? And Patrick kind of chimes in a little to help me out stuff, and it goes pretty well. So, okay, great. Got my first one under my belt. you know. And of course, he knows how to like make sure the amps are all set up so we can hear the playback and everything. So the second day I get there and I typically try to get there an hour early and I'm there and all of a sudden AJ swings by and he just kind of says as he swings by, hey, Patrick's going to be a little late. He just texted me and said he's going to be late. He says, oh, okay. So now I'm watching the clock and it's now 15 <laughs> minutes to game time. Now it's 10 minutes to game time and I realize I don't even know how to turn on the equipment. Oh no. <laughs> I'm looking at all the equipment going, I hope it's all set up all right because this is my literally my second day at work, my second game ever broadcasting. And I don't know how the equipment works. And I'm thinking, well, it looks like all the lights that are supposed to be on are on. <laughs> and now, and now they're playing the national anthem and there's still no Patrick. Oh boy. So I look around and I look over to the two people who are handling the cameras and I just kind of do that little motion of, are we running <laughs> right without talking? Cause I, I'm again, I'm not sure if everything's working or not. And they say, they nod and give me a thumbs up. And I say, okay, put the hands on. I says, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Utah Hockey Broadcast. Still no Patrick. Patrick finally shows up two periods in. Oh, no. Two periods and, in. And two periods in. And, and at, the, at the second intermission, you know, I hit the mute button. And he goes, I am so sorry. I went for a hike this morning. And I had an accident. And I actually gashed my leg and was trying to figure out if I needed to go to the ER for stitches. <laughs> <laughs> which is why he was late but of course i didn't know that you know he he texted aj but i had no idea what was going on it's just aj said oh he's gonna be a little late and then he just didn't show up wow <laughs> hey that's work. that's a story he went out and gashed his leg and then still showed up yes and then aj came by to see like you know if he was okay and in front of in front of aj i said geez patrick if you don't want to spend the season with me in the booth just tell aj you don't have to throw yourself off a cliff <laughs> But yeah, that was my second day at work. It was quite quite entertaining. Wow, I'd say so. But you got through it, right? I got through it. Baptism by my, fire. Exactly. Baptism by fire. It's the only way to do it. Just jump in the deep end and start paddling. And then I, I have to say that my my moment of, of great happiness and reward was about halfway through the season, AJ's dad, because of course AJ grew up in Rochester, Minnesota, playing hockey as a kid, and his dad is still in there. And his dad had, you know, he and AJ been having one of the phone calls 
And he said, oh, you know, that new broadcaster, she's pretty good. And AJ came to tell me that. It's, oh, my God, the man from Rochester gave me a passing grade. I did it. Very nice. Hey, you get you get praise from Dad in Rochester. I, I don't. I get grief from Dad in Rochester. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Dad in Rochester uh, does not appreciate the fact that the ACHA website doesn't uh, have so many uh, articles about the University of Utah. And so, uh, in Utah hockey. So, Dad in uh, Rochester sends me, he's kind enough to send me links to all the articles that he thinks should be up on the ACHA website, which is uh, very much appreciated. And uh, I I let Son know every now and then uh, (laughs) that, hey, Dad has struck again. So, uh, that's right. Mr. Bolden has struck again. Yes. And AJ gets it. I tell him, I said, hey, I I can use one every now and then, but this isn't the Utah website. So, I. you don't have you don't have as many people helping with the website, right? No, no, it's just one fat dummy. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. I just and I and I try to share the wealth too. The one the one guy who has to transcribe scorecards from uh, photos sent to him via text message. Yes, at one in the morning. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Amongst other things that you have to do. Oh, I'm telling you what. Yeah. Poor, poor pitiful me. Poor pitiful me. Hey, I need to hold on. Hold on really quick. I'm going to hit a dumb button. You know what? Let's do this really quick because I want to play. Are you familiar at all? Have you ever heard this? You've, you've heard this before, right? Well, let's see. You, you've heard that before, haven't you? That's on. That's some website. It's out there. Ding dong. They call it bing bong. Bing bong. <laughs> Bing, bing bong. I guess it's out in New York. It's a thing. The kids like it. I don't know. It's on TikTok. Whatever. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's kind of like the, the, somebody's, uh, signing into, remember Google Hangouts? I think it had a bing bong. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Google Hangouts. Nobody, those were kind of tough to figure out the first, uh, you know, 50 times, but then after you get a, you get a chance to do it, it worked out well. Hey, let's let's do this really quick. Let's get some predictions from you because we got some games coming up this weekend. Starting not even this weekend, Wednesday, two days from now. Right. Davenport out of Michigan starts their season. They're coming down to the desert to take on Grand Canyon, the Antelopes. Danny Roy and his crew get going on Wednesday night. They take on uh, the Davenport Panthers. Now, Anita, I'm going to remind you that this is the WCHL podcast, and Grand Canyon is in the WCHL, and Davenport is not. So, um, with that in mind, who do you think might win that Wednesday night affair, Davenport or Grand well, Canyon? It's, one, it's just a one game. It's not two games. It's just a one game on just, Wednesday. That's right. Davenport is coming down because they're playing in Tucson on Friday, Saturday. So they're they're trying uh, to okay. See. I, I I was thinking if it was like a Wednesday, Thursday, I was going to give them a split. But if it's only the one game, I think I'm going to go with the Antelopes with Grand Canyon winning. Yeah, that I, one. I think I think that's I think that's fair. I think Davenport's going to be uh, uh, going to have some travel issues, going to have some travel legs, and uh, I hope yeah. Danny Roy is able to take care of them. So, hey, the next day it's your team, the Utes themselves. They're traveling down to the desert. And they're taking on Grand Canyon. So it'll be Utah's opening game on Thursday night. Coach Morgan Feeney is going to bring his uh, improved bunch all the way down to the desert. And they're going to take on a tired Grand Canyon bunch because they'll be tired from beating Davenport the night before. 
what no now no, we have to be kind of even though nobody listens to the podcast we have to be semi-objective so put your semi-objective hat on utah at grand canyon what do you think uh i still think utah's gonna win they were they were stronger than grand canyon last year and grand canyon i i don't want to down don't sell them too much because grand canyon has always had the capability to like again beat you on a good day mm-hmm. but i do think that i'll give the nod to utah and this i'm saying this without having seen either of these teams play yet this year we we don't need facts the facts and stats and, <laughs> and re, reason and basis no we don't need that here on this crappy podcast we just what do you what does your gut tell you and your gut says utah <laughs> i love it all right, now Friday, Saturday, here's where all the fun gets going because we've got one, That's two, right. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine of the teams. Uh, well, nine of the teams are playing on Friday and Saturday because Grand Canyon, being the tenth, they will have already played on Wednesday, Thursday. So Friday, Saturday, the first games. Well, let's. T- I'm going to ask you about Illinois is going to start their season. They're coming down to Springfield, Missouri to take on Missouri State. Missouri State is 0-2 right now after losing two games to Illinois State uh, a week and a half ago. Illinois is barely, uh, well, they almost didn't start to play. So um, they, you know, there was a will they, won't they up until about uh, 10 days ago. And they finally decided they were going to play this season. Um, and hopefully they'll have a, a full roster, but that remains to be seen. So Illinois taking on Missouri State in Missouri State's home opener at the Jordan Valley Ice Park. What do you think? Well, and I'm going to preface this prediction with, I wasn't even thinking of the 12 fans in Springfield when I made this prediction. <laughs> but I thought I thought Missouri State would sweep Illinois yeah. that week. I think I think I just think Missouri State's just a, a, a really always has a strong every year has a strong especially strong at home especially at home yeah, and, and, and it's going to be the home opener right yep and I think you know after getting swept themselves on the road I think uh, their coach has probably got their attention and probably a little uh, fire under some uh-huh behinds there'll be there'll be some redemption going on or at least attempts at redemption. So, uh, okay. Hey, um, Colorado is going to come down to uh, the Oklahoma City area to take on the Sooners from Oklahoma. Oklahoma is 2-1 and one on the season. And Colorado right now is 4-0 and oh on the season, coming off that sweep. How would you like to be the Buffaloes? One weekend, you're in San Diego. The next weekend, you get sentenced to a weekend in Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, what did they do wrong, huh? Jeez. Should have been the other way around. You should have ended in San Diego. Like, exactly. Go ahead, young man. Colorado's four and zero. Oklahoma two and one. What do you think's going to happen here? Um, you know, I'm kind of. I always kind of hope Oklahoma will get stronger every year, but I think Colorado's going to sweep in Oklahoma. I, you know, there that goaltender. Remember, we have Colorado has the butt ending goaltender. Um, he, oh, he'll he have to, to play. He won't be able to play on the Friday game, but. Um, uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. But I was thinking that just. That I, I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to say split then because we they okay. won't have their they won't have their their star goalie. There you go. For All being right. a for being a I don't know what he was thinking. It's like uh, for being a butt ender. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeez. I'm still I'm having visions of the old mask. Oh gosh, I can't remember the goalie's name. Back when you know they used to like have like spear contest. 
<laughs> like sit there and actually like joust at each other. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's give them a split. In Oklahoma. Uh, all right. So Colorado and Oklahoma, Anita says they're going to split. Central Oklahoma is going uh, the opposite direction. They're going to Colorado up to Fort Collins to take on the Rams. Uh, Central Oklahoma is one and one after uh, splitting with Maryville. Colorado State is now two and zero, oh, coming off their sweep of Metro State. What do you think is going to happen up in Fort Collins? Broncos, Rams. Uh, yeah, those poor Rams. UCO is going to the Broncos are going to sweep them. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think they're going to get a game. I think they're definitely going to. CSU won't won't lay down. It's going to make no, it. CSU never gives up. Yeah. But but the Broncos again, sort of like Maryland. I mean, you look at the the, the win loss record, and you're talking about you know Maryville and Metro State, right? So. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Davenport coming off a loss on Wednesday, according to Anita, is then going to trudge down from Phoenix down to Tucson to take on University of Arizona. The Wildcats are going to open their season at the Tucson Convention Center, taking on Davenport Friday and Saturday. What do you think, Anita? And unless there's a bus accident, Arizona, the Wildcats are going to sweep Davenport. Look at that. that Davenport, Anita says, is going to go O for Arizona. Yeah, poor Davenport. Yeah, well, hey, let's, let, let's, poor Davenport. It would be good to send them back with uh, three L's. So uh, I'm okay with that. And then, hey, we saved the, uh, from Friday and Saturday, uh, you know what? Let's we'll save that that Utah at Arizona State for last because again, I want you to put your your objective predictor hat on. UNLV opens their season and they're going to open their season in Denver and in playing an exhibition game against the Pioneers from the University of Denver, or I guess it's actually Denver University, DU. Uh, DU happens to be the number one team in college hockey right now. The poll just came out today for the USA Today USA Hockey uh, college, NCAA D1 college poll. And <laughs> the Pios are numero uno. So UNLV is going to open their season at Denver. What do you think, Anita? Wow. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a slugfest. <laughs> you know, it's going to be an exciting game, and I – I predict it's going to be close, but I think I think UNLV if if they can't if they can't keep the Pioneers within within one goal after the first period, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get steamrolled. I think so. They're gonna yeah, Lindenwood like close after one period, or if they get lucky after two periods, it, but by the third period, I think they're just not going to be able. I mean. Those Division One kids are huge. You and know, those, those yeah. are future NHL players. Exactly, they're huge and they're fast <laughs> and they're skilled. Yeah, I mean UNLV is, you know, they're good and they're big. But I've, you know, and also thinking about, I've watched Pac-12 soccer for many years now, and you look at the difference between a Pac-12 team, a, a D1 conference team, and the players. They're just they're huge, and like you said, they're fast. And they've got incredible skills. They can do things on the ice, you know, that that you can only dream of. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, Bill's going to put up a big fight. But I think uh, what would be nice to see is if they could keep it close for two periods and then they're going to they're going to lose 
definitively in the in the third period. Well, that, that, that okay, all right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I think uh, last year Lindenwood, the number one team in the ACHA men's division one, and the eventual national champion, went to Magnus Arena to take on Denver and just got absolutely smoked. <laughs> by by Denver and Denver played their third and fourth lines and still smoked the number one ACHA wow. team. UNLV wow. is coming in as the number two team, and I'm not going to say they're going to get smoked, but the potential is there. And uh, yeah. I'm I'm with you. I hope that uh, Coach Greener and Coach Raboni and uh, uh, you know I think if UNLV can uh, can. Um, maintain some some level of composure um and stay out of the box box, but more importantly just you know you're playing an ncaa team in an ncaa arena and that's pretty friggin' awesome and the fact that you might be getting you know housed five to one or 500 to one doesn't matter you're still playing against you know top talent and you will get better as a result of it no matter what the score is if you play hockey now if you decide to you know be a bunch of donkeys and you know just uh you know turn everything into a gong show then you're not going to get out anything out of it and you won't be able to use this game as a learning experience to translate uh to help you later in your season but I I, th- I think Denver's going to walk away with the, with the goal. I mean, with the game. The question will be, you know, can UNLV keep it close? And uh, I, I, you know, I get what you're saying. It may kind of makes sense. It's kind of like what Lindenwood did to UCO in the championship game. It was tight. It was a two a one goal affair going into the third period, and then the floodgates just opened. Yeah. And you what what I heard you say was, hey, it might be tight after two periods, but the depth and the skill and the size and the speed and the strength are just going to be too much. So. You can play bigger than yourself for a while, but eventually that that physical difference catches up to you. Yeah, and that 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 line depth is just wild. So yeah, hey, but what a great experience, huh? Come on, get to- and, and I I was wondering, you know, is does UNLV have the same goalie who won MVP at the Chicago Showcase this season? He Zach Wixon, he'll be there, and he'll okay. he's, well, what a great goaltender. Great game for him. Yeah, yeah, he's gigantic. Holy smokes, he's a gigantic young man. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, that leaves only one more series to uh, to talk about, Anita, and it's your Utah Utes heading down oh, to Tempe. Man. You know, Tempe's what a wonderful place Tempe is. It's we talked about San Diego, and the, I could easily get distracted in San Diego, but that would be, you know, the beach and the ocean and you know great food and stuff like that. In Arizona at Tempe, I would be distracted with other things. Um, you know, could art be galleries, the, well, music festivals, possibly, possibly. Um, the 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 scenery, you know, saguaros and uh, the yeah, heat. Yeah, the desert scenery. Yeah, and other scenery. Um, well, the heat is kind of welcome as you start getting into December around here. Absolutely. I, I, I remember there was one time we were down there on Thanksgiving week, and I was talking to my mother who was in Boston, and uh, she was they were having a snowstorm, and I was outside of Oceanside laying down on one of those benches in shorts and flip-flops. Uh, and I was, I was just like, yeah, you know, this is really rough. I can, uh, I can get used to this, mom. So she hung up on me, and uh, we haven't <laughs> talked since. So, all right, Utah at ASU. 
What do you think is going to happen there? Utah will be coming off a win over Grand Canyon. ASU is coming off a, that smoking of Northern Arizona. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I really, I mean, obviously I'm from Utah. Um, I'm biased to Utah, but I still think Utah is going to sweep Arizona State because it's going to be close. And I have a feeling one of those games is going to go into overtime. Whoa, okay. And I, and I think, but I still think Utah is going to come out ahead both games. They're going to manage to hang in there wow. with the new depth that we've got. Look at you. All right. So, hey, let's recap. You, Anita says Wednesday Grand Canyon will take care of Davenport. The next night Utah will take care of Grand Canyon. Then Missouri State's going to sweep Illinois. Colorado and Oklahoma are going to split. UCO is going to sweep Colorado State. Arizona is going to sweep Davenport down in Tucson. Denver is going to beat UNLV in the exhibition game up at uh, the Magnus Arena in Denver. And in the uh, uh, the biggest homer prediction of the evening, Utah <laughs> will sweep Arizona State at Oceanside. One of those games coming in either overtime or shootout. All right. Yeah, Very nice. Very nice. I'm I'm grateful just that we have. I mean, we've kind of been you know dipping our toes a couple of games here, a couple of games there. This is a full on weekend. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and we've got I don't know. I counted a whole bunch of games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen games just from this conference, and then I have a whole another B conference to worry about too. So it's going to be a fun weekend of hockey. I'm looking forward to it. Upon us. Now, now, Anita, before we get out of here, I got to ask you. I, I put it to Andrew last uh, last week. I asked him to give us, um, and I don't think it's unfair um, to to ask this of you just yet. But it's the beginning of the season. Our polls are terrible. We don't know what we're talking about. So it only makes sense that we give our final four. Who do we think, who do you think, who does Anita Suchia think is going to be in the semifinals in Boston, Massachusetts for nationals? In March. In March. In March. So I, I'm going to pre- preface this again with my disclaimer that I forgot. I didn't even think about the, the our, our huge fan base in Springfield. Yeah. But the four I picked was UCO, UNLV, Minot, Missouri State. Whoa, look at you. I got a thing thing for Missouri State. I don't know why. I just like them. Well, okay. Now, remember, Missouri State kind of got taken to the woodshed in that. They did. They did. You think they're going to come back on a redemption tour? Yeah. I, I, you know, or I I don't know what it is. I just was kind of, I mean, I was like, I was telling you, I had to kind of cram a little bit because, you know, like looking at last year's standings and last year's results and ranking stuff. And I just... I got a feeling. This is a feeling I got about Missouri State. I like it. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to complain. I'm just because uh, hey, three out of the four teams are from the Western Collegiate League. That's not yeah. bad. I predicted. And I didn't pick Utah like Andrew did. As much as as much as I appreciated the vote of confidence, I'm not sure if Utah's quite quite gotten there yet. <laughs> that's a pretty big. That's a pretty big ask. I was. I was already. I had written down the four and uh, four spots, and I had already written Utah in for you. So I had to scrabble one out just to. Uh, <laughs> I was like, she, she's going to go Utah right here. You know, I, I think. I think. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm. I'm not much of a homer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll admit I'm biased because I mean, you know, I'm human. I'm biased, but yeah. on the other hand, I'm. 
you know, I'm just not real tribal that way. I think it's because I've, I've been announcing for so long. And, and as an announcer, you always want to kind of give a little extra for the home team. But if you host a tournament, you got to be a host. There you go. Right? Yeah. So then you can't show bias. You got to be very careful. If you're good and you're professional, you don't show bias to anyone. That's what we try to do here. We try to not show bias to anybody that's uh, not in the WCHL. We'll give bias to all the WCHL teams. But if you're out of the WCHL, tough stuff, we're biased against you. So I, I like that. If you're rude. <laughs> if you're rude. I lo- so so Anita's final four is UCO, UNLV, Minot State, and Missouri State. And just to recap... Uh, Andrew last week had predicted a final four of UCO, UNLV, Minot State. So far, you're three for three, but you had Missouri State, and he had Liberty. Oh, I know. And then I had I had UCO and UNLV, and I also had Liberty, but then I also took Stony Brook. So. That's right. I remember you, and and I think the top two are pretty much everybody's gonna. Pretty much anyone you ask will say, well, it's either going to be UCO or UNLV for those top two slots, Well, right? yeah, and, and you watch. When the when the rankings come out, um, I think they come out not this week but next week, the, the people are going to they're going to say, oh, UCO lost, so UNLV is going to be number one. And they'll, they'll just flip the teams. It's, yeah. it's just a it's, – it's performance right now. It's just a, a, it's nothing more than a popularity contest. It doesn't matter until the computer kicks in, but it's still – I guess it's a little bit of fun for, for folks to kick around. So, all right. So, well, I like that, though. Are, here we are predicting who's going to be the final four in, in March. Yeah, I know. And, and, and I'm complaining <laughs> about coaches not knowing what they talk about. Pot, kettle. Hi, I'm black. You know? Jeez. What a, what a deal. All right, Anita. Well, listen. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. I hope, you, I hope, I hope you've enjoyed it. I th- w- do you think you might want to do this again in the future? Sure. All right. All right. Sure. I, I, this, this was fun. It was like, you know, I mean, you know, I did a little bit of reading up and stuff, but nothing huge. And it's kind of fun to be able to talk to somebody about hockey and yeah, you know, who's not rude. Oh, well, hey, I can be just, uh, if that's what you're after, I can, I can definitely oh, turn no. out the rude dial. So no, I'm not, I'm not asking for it. I actually, <laughs> I actually get that. Our broadcast quote unquote booth is actually just out on the open of the concourse. Yeah. And I can't tell you. Almost every home series, somebody walks right up to us during the broadcast while we're live streaming and I have to quickly fumble for the mute button, turn around and say, I'm sorry, we're live, I can't talk right now, and then go back and, and go back to, so that Patrick will keep on talking, because I'm kind of closer to the open side, uh-huh. but every home series, you know, I got, we got headsets on, we got this, all this sound equipment in front of us, we got two big monitors and computers, and somebody walks right up to us and starts talking. Doesn't matter. People don't care. They don't care. They, they don't care. They want to ask their dumb question. Hey, or they, or they want to tell you how to pronounce something. Well, yeah. actually, more often than not, it's a complaint, which is even better. Really? Right? Too loud. We don't like the music. You're not, <laughs> you know, giving the scores often enough, you know, who knows what. But almost all of it's a complaint. And because we're out in the open... Right, they just walk right up to us like we're going to fix it for them right on the spot. <laughs> Let me ask this really quick before we get you out of here. You, you've mentioned that you've done uh, uh, broadcasting uh, or or announcing for baseball and for other events, softball and um, 
You've also done broadcasting for for hockey, but also for some other sports as well, correct? No, I've not done any broadcasting. This is my oh hockey first is only hockey is my first and only broadcasting gig. Well, else, tell me everything else has been announcing. Okay, for for announcing then. Okay, well that that's fair. So um, knowing that this is a hockey podcast, even though I'm not a hockey guy, um, and <laughs> even though this is a, a a terrible nobody listens to this podcast. What's your what's your favorite sport to to kind of have to deal with? Whether it's announcing or broadcasting, hockey, baseball, softball, track and field, whatever it is, ultimate frisbee, whatever else you deal with, you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. I mean, what's uh, well, what's yeah, if you have favorites. the preference? My favorites are and and not in any particular order, but my favorites are easily by far hockey, baseball, and soccer. Yeah. Those are my three favorites, and and it would be hard to say which one would come out on top, because um, I like I like all them. But you know, it's what's really funny is I'm not a huge basketball fan. I'm not a huge football fan. So the ones that the big sports that everybody says, oh, I want to announce that. It's like no, no, no. I want baseball, hockey, or soccer. That's the, those are the ones. I, my dream is to someday be able to be the public address dancer for the local AAA baseball team in Salt Lake City, the Salt Lake Bees. Bees, yeah. Okay. yeah. Of the Pacific Coast League. Yep, yeah. yep. Look Los at Angeles you. Angels. Anaheim, well, formerly Anaheim, but the Angels affiliate. Okay. That would be my... And it's also the home field for University of Utah. Really? So, yeah. So they when the University of Utah baseball team joined the Pac-12, they got a bunch of Pac-12 money, and they went to the Bees and said, hey, we'll cut a deal with you. You need to resurface the field. We'll help pay for that if we can then share the stadium and make sure that if we have a home game, we don't have to go somewhere else if you have a home game too, that that the professional team will schedule around the college team. Because they, they used to share it before, but prior to the Pac-12 uh, arrangement, if the Bees had a home game, the poor Utah Utes, had to get in a bus and drive 45 minutes north to Ogden and play on a, a rookie league <laughs> field that hadn't been reconditioned since it was built 20 years ago. Oh, wow. And that infield, that infield was not only hard as asphalt, it was also bumpy. Yeah. It was actually quite comical to watch like infielders trying to like field hot grounders off of that infield. But anyway, so they'd have to trundle into a bus for their home game and go head north. But now with the new arrangement, the schedule is such that if – Utah has a home game, a home series. They get to have their home series uninterrupted, and it's a gorgeous park. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful park. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, we that have – there's a local team here in Oklahoma City that goes up there and plays every now and then, uh, the Dodgers. Yeah. Oklahoma Dodgers. In fact, yeah. Cody Bellinger, yeah. his dad played for the B career, and Cody Bellinger used to show up as a little kid and hang out in the dugout. Wow. Small world, huh? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of these guys come through, and I got to watch Jim Abbott come through when he was trying to rehab. Andres Galarraga, Fidel Nomo. Wow. Uh, you know, and of course, you know, we had uh, uh, Albert Pujols never came and, and rehabbed with us, but we had Mike Trout for all of, I think, 10 days <laughs> on, his, <laughs> on his rocket ride through the minors up to, up to the majors. I got to see him for like, I think, one home series, and then he was gone. Wow, very nice. Well, I would think that hockey hockey's got to be fun to to either announce um, and or broadcast simply because of the speed of the game. Uh, baseball, in terms of announcing, um, you know, it has a little bit more of a relaxed atmosphere. 
and yes. you can you can give some thought as to you know the the drops and you know whatever else it is that you want to play or how you want to um you know in terms of announcing the game but also just in terms of broadcasting if you're verbose um you can fill a lot of time in uh with some uh with some decent stories and then uh soccer soccer i think is somewhere kind of in the middle because it it's not as fast action as hockey but it's also not nearly as slow as baseball and um so but it is it does have i mean i know it, it gets a uh a hard knock here in the in the u.s uh, for you know everyone wants you know 15 to 10 games or you know these defense optional like we had here in hockey in right. uh, Colorado and uh, in San Diego State the other day but you know a one to nothing soccer game can be incredibly uh, entertaining even though they've only scored one goal and so uh, I can I can see so I, I hey I respect the heck out of what you're saying the the hockey the uh, the baseball and uh, and the football that's uh that's very very good good for you yeah, and and I think with with the the thing, the biggest difference between like the hockey and the soccer is like you said that hockey is a faster moving sport on a smaller rink. Mm-hmm. So with hockey, you actually have to decide what you want to say. You don't actually get to say everything you want to. Whereas with soccer, you have more time to do that. And then with baseball, I think the trick with baseball is not being afraid of silence. Like some of the best play by play guys, they'll have their stories. Yep. But they won't try and fill every single minute with 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 talking. Isn't that the truth? Isn't yeah. that the truth? Like doing doing more with less. They they you know one of my favorite play by play broadcasters is the baseball play by play broadcaster for the AAA baseball team, and he's got it down to an art. He knows the stats. He knows the game. He knows all the you know histories and and careers of the players. But he's also got stories as well. And, and he just got this really nice balance of those two things. And he does it by himself. He does play-by-play and color all by himself. Oh, my gosh. Phenomenal. Yeah, he's phenomenal. That's great. Well, hey, we just I just got a text in from Springfield, Missouri. They said they would like the rest of this podcast to be filled with silence. Um, <laughs> so I think I fine. think they're, be, they're being judgmental. So let, let's – yeah, exactly, fine. Anita, listen, I can't thank you enough for, for hopping on and for doing this, and I hope we get to do this more and more throughout the season. I hope this kind of turns into a semi-regular bit where yeah, uh, we're able it. to have you on. Let's do it. I'm all for it. Wonderful, I'm wonderful. I'm cheering. They're snoozing by my feet saying, yeah, we love when mom's on. <laughs> the, um, Anita, are you on Twitter at all? I am. I know you are because you send me Twitter stuff. Tell the folks where, where they can find you if they want to find you on Twitter. Oh boy. I've got a, I've got a, you know, one of those things. This is one of those lessons in, in marketing of like how you pick your name. It's my, I used to be a freelance writer. I'm now working for another company, but I used to be a freelancer. It's the company of my name of my company. So here we go. Okay. It's at, Sabaku Inc. That's S like Sam, A like Apple, B like Boy, A like Apple, K like Kettle, U like Umbrella, I like Ink, N like Nancy, K like Kettle. Sabaku Inc. Sabaku Inc. is yep. where you can. And f- I think you can actually find me by searching using my name, which is Anita Y Tsuchiya. Very nice. Okay. You can also find her if you uh, want to, if you get onto the WCHL pods, Twitter feed and looks for, look for replies or responses because Anita was uh, very nice and very kind in terms of hitting us up. The WCHL pod is on Twitter at WCHL pod where the Western CHL, uh, uh, the WCHL website is on Twitter 
at Western CHL. The website, hopefully, if these Utah guys will ever, you know, get their act and, and together <laughs> at westernchl.com. I am on uh, Twitter at CJP in OKLA. Anita will have, I'm sure, a lot of great insight um, and informative educational things on her Twitter feed. I will have like burps and farts and political stuff um, and maybe the occasional uh, immigration high five, uh, self-congratulatory type thing. So, uh, um, you know, tread, choose your weapon, uh, whichever one you decide, choose your fighter wisely, I guess, to find Mortal Kombat. So uh, we appreciate everybody listening to this edition of the WCHL podcast. Anita Suchia, I appreciate you so, so, so very much for hopping on this podcast. This has been great. And uh, I'm grateful to you that uh, we're going to be doing this throughout the rest of the season, uh, kind of like every other week or so. And Yeah. uh, yeah. All right. Well, hey, Andrew's not here, so can I hit a button and you can just tell people to get the heck out of here? Oh, you want me to sign them off? All right. You think you can do that? Uh, Sure. All right. Here we go. I'm going to hit a button. Let's get out of here. Thanks, Anita. Whoop. There it goes. There we go. Suboptimal. All right, folks, that's it for the podcast. This has been Christopher Perry and Anita Chia. Time for you all to go to bed. See you soon. <laughs>